You're listening to In The Bunker, a podcast that explores the biggest challenges in starting and running a business. My name is Joshua Maddox, and I'm an entrepreneur and business owner myself. I'm sitting down with business owners to talk about the challenges they face, the lessons they've learned, and how we can all grow from it. Welcome back to In The Bunker. Every business owner has faced challenges, and we love to share those stories. Today, we've got Brian and Jesse in the bunker with us. Brian and Jesse were faced with the challenge of understanding what marketing is most effective. I'm excited to jump in and learn about how they've overcame this challenge. But first, before we jump in, let's go get a 90-second high-level background on both these guys. Jesse, why don't you give us that background? Who are you? How'd you get here? What does that look like? Yes, I grew up in uh, Michigan, born and raised there. I moved to Texas here about 2005, graduated from UNT and recreation board management degree. And got uh, some great idea to go get a, a master's as well. So I, I did that too. But I've been in sports my whole life, playing it, being around it, going to the YMCA. So that's kind of how I felt with recreation. Uh, Purchased with Brian, and that's how we got started. Awesome. Awesome. Brian, what about yourself? Who are you? Yeah. How'd you get here? No, definitely. I grew up in Houston, Texas. And when I was graduate high school, I decided I would go to Texas State University. Not sure of what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be out in the hill country going to, going to school. Decided to be a recreation major. So I majored in recreational administration. That uh, took me all over the place with internships, but I ended up in my final internship in, in Dallas. And through that, I ended up staying up in Dallas. And then I, ever since my first internship in 2007, I've been just intrigued by trends and best practices for recreation all over the place, private, public, nonprofit. And so through that, I got together with Jesse and we saw that, you know, bubble, bubble ball, bubble soccer, which was a hip new thing back in the mid two thousands. And it was time to decide to buy the business in 2017. Awesome. Now you mentioned your degree for those who are listening. Can you define what that looks like a little bit? Yeah, Texas State has an accredited Bachelor of Science Recreation Administration degree plan where you do different, you have different classes, courses in regards to different coursework in understanding recreation, all the types of recreation, as well as what that looks like as a career. Part of the coursework though, is a lot of hands on. So even in my first, even I hadn't even, uh, I hadn't even declared the major yet. That's the most work intensive class, uh, recre uh, programming and recreation. And we literally built a haunted house for a neighboring um, city. And then we also assisted in putting on there another special event at Christmas. And so. It's a lot about learning 
on the job. So I interned also at, at my church's recreation center in Houston and I learned operations there. And then I also learned the operations of campus recreation at Texas state in the sport clubs division. And then I ended up at the water park in Dallas that was run, had just been taken over by the city. Uh, so it was a publicly run uh, water park on the beach. And so anyway, it just, it's a really interesting degree, has a really good community of professionals that help. It's, there's a lot of good uh, networking in regards to that as far as alumni and people in the workforce. That's cool. That's cool. It's always amazing. There's so many different degrees and, and industries out there and you start hearing about ones you don't even know exist. And it's now that you explain it, it's like, it makes sense. Someone's got to figure out the logistics of the programs and the, all of the craziness that it in, is involved in those types of facilities. But yeah, you don't yeah. think about. Yeah. And to add to that, if you've been to a YMCA, been to a recreation facility, someone is programming the facility. So Brian and I both run facilities. So we're running small business revenue, reservation. Uh, so all that encompasses. So if you went to any city, citywide event, I'm pretty sure the recreation department something to do with that. So you see it all the time, but just don't realize what's really going on behind the scenes. People put it on and offer it, you know, great opportunity. To That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. So obviously the two of you guys met and you guys bought a business. You purchased a business. I know before we hit record, one of the, the sort of underlying challenge we were talking about was understanding what marketing is most effective and the trial and error and, and aspect of that. When you guys purchased that business, what was that process like? Did, you know, you guys have a customer base or was that sort of a cool, now we have some product and we got to start square one? For me, me and Brian are opposite. You know, certain things like marketing, I'm more old school. Hey, let's just put it out there and hopefully word of mouth. Whereas Brian is definitely the one with the analytics, looking at different social media outlets you have, but it was definitely square one. Now, bubble ball is an event that you probably do one, or maybe you have it an annual event. So even with the customers that prior owners had, maybe 10% of them will be repeat customers because of a school or a city or something like that. So it was definitely start from square one, being more active and social, that was one they didn't have. Older, so they didn't really have a presence. So that was something that Brian definitely what our social is about. And the biggest thing is a lot of people don't know what it is, right? So you see this big giant bubble, you call it sumo ball or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I think that was the one thing that we tried to do just, just so they see what it is proper or Got it. Yeah. As we're talking about this, obviously there's an element for it's your guys' business is bubble ball. It's those big giant inflatable we're coming out of, out of COVID. And so that term, I know I've seen on the news, like there's people like walking down the street in a giant bubble ball thing and so, Hey, I can go out and do whatever. So you guys, Brian, maybe give us the quick overview of what does that look like for an event that you guys are running? What does that look like for the, the service that you guys are offering as well? So we can understand that a little bit better as we further discuss this. 
Yeah. In, in regards to bubble ball, we do events for all types of customers. So we do, we kind of group it into organizations and private, private birthday parties or any type of private party. So in regards to an organization, we just see how long they need us for, and we'll go out there and we set up the event and let people play and make sure they stay safe and lead activities if we have a good group. If not, we just make sure they know how to get in the bubble and they can hit each other or sometimes, sometimes play other games. Like I said, if we want to organize it, but if it's a steady stream of people, we want to make sure everybody gets a chance to at least do what they want to do, which 99% of the people just want to hit each other. So we let them do that. And then we, we keep it moving as Jesse says, and then we, uh, we, we take it down at the end and we clean up and we're out of their hair. So we're, we're self-sufficient. And it's very much similar with the, the private parties, but we tailor it to the amount of people. If it's the, the main amount of people is, you know, under 20 that would participate in a birthday party for the most part. And so we, we set up and then we lead games, we lead different type of games. We lead soccer, we lead different games, sharks and minnows and some other ones that, you know, if I just said the name, I'd have to actually explain what it was. We do a game called protect the general or we do. Uh, last man standing. And so in regards to that, we tailor the experience a little bit more for the individual and to, to really make sure we're keeping the kids engaged the whole time because we know the event is just for those 20 people and we make sure they have a lot of fun and are able to sleep well that night. And, but yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much a one, you know, it's a two hour event when we do it with a, like a private party. So that's kind of what it looks like in regards to an event. That we do. Awesome. So you've got a bunch of people running around in bubbles and playing essentially different, different games based upon that, the number of people you guys have and, and such. I know I was on your guys' website and looking at the, the video and it's funny to watch. So as you guys bought the company and, and started into that, Jesse, you were talking about the issue of like. This is not a coffee shop where someone's coming in three to four days a week buying the same coffee. Your guys' customers, maybe once a year, maybe twice a year at most type element potentially. And what has that marketing trial and error that you guys alluded to, what does that sort of look like? And what stuff have you guys learned through that process? Definitely you run an ad, whether digitally with Facebook, Instagram, you dabble into YouTube. But I, like I said earlier, I think the biggest is always word of mouth. I think with Instagram, definitely helps because it's visual, right? So our is definitely visual. So uh, you, you definitely something that you want to see, and then you always want to be a part of. And I guess for us, it was always someone's birthday. It was always a special event. So I think that helps as well. And word of mouth is big uh, because if you have a great experience with it, like Brian, experience, guess what? You're going to tell your friend and we have kids. Oh, I want to do this for my birthday. It just uh, trickled out a bit. And we will say that I think Google with those that find those ads, we did see an uptick, but a lot of times just people inquiring or seeing what it is. We're definitely at a higher price point. Uh, so it's definitely not going to Chuck and Cheese. Uh, 
but obviously you understand the experience uh, that you have that's more important it's kind of it's something where a lot of times they will already have known kind of what bubble ball is or bubble soccer is or now we actually do um, hamster balls which are called sword balls and they know what that is but they are trying to see who does that and you know, if if who does it the cheapest and available and use unfortunately since COVID a lot of the, the businesses that might have good SEO or at the top of the search results might not even be in business currently. So the, the main thing is being on top of SEO in regards to what we would be searched for. And we understood through this that we're not going to be at the top of the list for special events in Dallas, but at the same time, we understand that is our price point or what we do, is that going to be something that everybody looking for that is really going to be interested in? Got it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And obviously you alluded to COVID, COVID hitting some of your competition. What did that look like for you guys as obviously it affected different businesses differently? What would that look like for you guys? What type of effect did that have on, so, have on your guys' business? So here in the Dallas area, once we hit March of 2020, that's when things came to a screeching halt. So once spring break hit, we started getting emails and calls, canceling events back, you know, back to back. However, the funny thing about this is in 21, we actually did more business than in 2019 because of COVID. Because guess what? People were shut in. Now they want to get out. And a lot of people saw, I know we were talking before we start recording about, you see what people in bubbles, dudes were talking about it. So I guess people felt safe to get in these bubbles, still have fun, have contact with people, but you didn't have to physically touch them. You didn't have to worry about them coughing or sneezing on you. So it was like a protective barrier that we had built in bubbles. So it, COVID got a little more exposure. You know, we understand what really happened with that. Not to minimize that, but you know, it, it definitely. Picked up our business going at the end of 2020 and going to 21. I think what's interesting is a lot of parents with kids were not as consistent customers ever since the pandemic as compared to churches and schools, because I think a lot of times churches and schools have their own budget for stuff like that and they know that state, but Sometimes with parents with kids, they want to make sure that they have an activity. I think that parents of all the kids being invited would be feel comfortable doing in the state that we're in with COVID. So I know for a long time, we wouldn't have a whole lot of birthday parties or whatnot, but we still had churches, still had schools contacting us. And I think, especially churches, I just think they, they were still needing something to, to do with their students. And, and I mean, we're also video doing, we were hired to do videos too, it's just make sure that the kids were staying engaged during that time frame. Got it. So essentially like 
you you guys had an element or had a, an activity that was an outdoor activity. And, and Jesse, as you were talking about, like, people are in these quote unquote, like these actual bubbles. And we're talking about, hey, make sure you maintain six feet while you're in this. I know uh, we work with a paintball company and and they were talking about, yeah, six feet's really easily. You're on a paintball field and you come within six feet, I'll just shoot paintballs at you. And I think they're, I can definitely see how you guys were impacted, which makes sense at the beginning of COVID because no one knew what the heck to do. But then as outdoor activities were coming back to more of a normal element, that makes sense that people would continue to explore that. And a large scale event outside in a bubble makes sense. It's good. And if I think, I'll go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, I think indirectly, we're in the Dallas area and the owner of the Mavericks, Mark Cuban, was on Shark Tank. I mean, still is, but when the bubble ball concept, the inventor of bubble ball was actually on Shark Tank. And I got a lot of people, he was on a TMZ interview and he just said, what? They said, what are, you, what are y'all getting ready to do? Oh, we got these bubble balls out. And I think once the you know American Airlines Center opens up, this is the first thing we need to be doing because it's, it's national social distancing. And I think stuff like that, when people actually of influence say stuff like that, it can go a long way, even though it was our indirect five minutes of fame. It was really cool to see that and for, for that to be out there and for somebody of influence to say, this is literally, don't overthink it. It is social distancing. We disinfect the, the bubble suits, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Jesse, did you have something to add to that? Oh, I was just want to say that people just wanted something. Oh, yeah. And let's just get out. Let's do something. I think we had some good time, fun, safe, empty. That the whole family, not just kids, mom and dad enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I know out in the California area and man, parks at the beginning of COVID, parks, the beaches, hiking trails, hiking trails were just, it was like the parking lot would just be so full of people and there would just be hundreds of people whining, just, just hiking out and it was nuts. It was nuts. People were just trying to get out of the house and get a fresh breath of air and just get away from sitting on the couch and binging Netflix all day. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I don't know if, you know, if looking at the marketing aspect, I don't know if there's anything that you guys look back on now and go, this is something that really helped us, or this was a piece of information that we wish we would have known before we dove into buying a business. Was there any sort of nuggets of information that you guys feel like you wish you would have known before you jumped into this? Mm-hmm. I mean, for myself, not really, just because I think if we're just talking about bubble ball, right? Not a lot of competition. We can set the market with price. Just basically getting the word out. Now, had we purchased uh, coffee, then that's a whole different animal. But I think that we were lucky with what we did purchase and saturated. We probably can only find one or two other companies in the area. Where can you get a business? Whereas only one or two other competitors, <laughs> not many. So I think that was, a, maybe Brian may have, like he did more marketing, uh, social media. For him, it may be something different for me, like just taking that chance, seeing what happens. 
Yeah. I've seen, see this meme that says that's good that we're getting exposure by doing this, but I wonder, you know, how we can use exposure to pay our bills. And, and that's something I learned. I think I was naive thinking that if we take the time out to do an event for free for the community, though, there's always that reservoir of look what we, it's good for taking pictures and whatnot. But I think to date we have yet to get any business from anything that we did for, for an organization. I'd say it's not a good idea just to, I think I would have been a little more selective initially as far as when the whole is good for exposure. And then I think it's certain aspect of Google ads is not the best, like paying for Google ads is not best for small business owners because you can, um, lose a lot of money real quick in regards to just paying for ad that you don't really see a return on. But I think if I had known that at the beginning that people that click on your ads or even like I said, at the beginning, if you're paying tons of money for a certain keyword, that doesn't mean that's going to transfer in business in what we do. And so that's learning curve. I think also that just go back on Google, probably if we would have had a landing, a separate landing page, then we probably could have measured it more just to see versus having it come back to the track, come back. So like when they fill out the form, they say Google, okay, was it a Google ad or was it just you in the search box? So having that landing page probably helped us determine if it, if it was even worth it. We probably think stops halfway through with Google ads. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, definitely not things that I've heard before, Brian, as you were talking about Google ads, for those who are listening, like. You want to make sure you have a monthly budget set because if you don't, depending on the industry, it can be anywhere from between a dollar or so a click to car insurance and, and life insurance are upwards of about 60 to $70 a click. When you look at it from a conversion perspective, you need a hundred people to hit a landing page. And if you get 10, 10%, which is insanely high, typically be about 2% to actually fill out a web form. And then out of those 2%, only 5% of those people are actually going to convert to a sale. So it's like you start looking at the massive number of people that you need. So you need a thousand clicks to get like three sales. And so then you start realizing, okay, that's a thousand clicks times $50 per click. I need to spend $50,000 to get two or three sales. And you start to reverse engineer that and you realize like, that is not a sustainable business model. And there's definitely other ways to do some guerrilla marketing and some stuff like that. And Brian, you talked about doing those sort of community events where they're free. That's great for photos. Like you mentioned, hey, you guys got photos that way. That is a great way to reduce the expense of what you didn't have to hire a bunch of actors. You put on a free event for the community. So that's great. Those are the types of things that we love chalking up to a business lesson. and. Um, we're not going to do that again. Um, and actually to think about it, we didn't even really pay any mark in 2020. And like I said, we had a better year. So if it's COVID, was it, I'm not sure. Is it traction on the social media pages from Brian? Probably, but we didn't even 
no Google ads, no Facebook ads, Instagram ads. And to be perfectly transparent with that, I think from at least Instagram, which is our biggest following we've had, like in the four years, I think, or going on five years, I think we've had two customers. And so those campaigns from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're good. They're good to show clout. Facebook, if you, because people do find us, it's interesting. People do find us through Facebook. That might be how our webpage is set up. Cause that's how they have to go to, to ask us a question, like right when they go to the website, but it shows clout, like, oh, this is, this business is so we, in the beginning we paid to have our, our, to help get more um, followers for them to see our business because it's harder on Facebook. Yep. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know the whole lot of business we've got from social media. And that's just like going down the business model though, because it's a price point. Yeah. Yeah. And in reality, it depends on the business type. It depends on so many different factors when it comes down to that. And that's where for me, every business is super unique and every business has different needs, a different market. Jesse, you were talking about market saturation. If you were to open another coffee shop in your town, I don't care what city you live in, throw a map of the U.S. up on the wall, throw a dart at it. And there's probably a dozen coffee shops within a few miles of that dart. But pick a random city name and search that random city name with bubble ball or you know, one of your other keywords. There's probably maybe one, not much more. So obviously market saturation, if you're thinking of starting a business is, is a huge thing to do some serious research on. I think that's really valuable. And I think with Instagram too, it's more of, cause I do it myself, right? I'm searching, I save a post, then I come back to it a week or two weeks later. So I think that's what Instagram is. People are seeing it, then they come back to it in a month, two weeks or whatever. And then it could be some traction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. It was super good chatting with you guys. I think there's a, a bunch of different, really good takeaways, you know, from our conversation today, for those who are listening and do want to find out more about just bubble ball in general, or if you live in the Dallas area and you want to have a party and just clobber someone in a bubble ball, I'll have the, the links to both your guys's website, uh, your Facebook, Instagram page, and all of that in the show notes, along with both Brian and Jesse's bio. Those will both be down there as well. Awesome. Appreciate your guys' time today, having you on the show. Really good, good having you guys. And yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Bunker. As always, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at In the Bunker Podcast. Be sure to share this episode and what you're going to apply from it and how that can affect your business. Make sure to tag us in that post so we can highlight your journey as well. But before you go, I have a quick personal ask. Each episode of In the Bunker takes a lot of work to put together from finding the guest, shooting, editing, all of that. And where I really could use your help is twofold. First, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or another podcast platform that can let you leave a five-star review or a text-based review, I would truly and greatly appreciate that. It really helps with the algorithm and allowing other listeners to find the show. The next thing that I really need help on is sharing this with friends, family, business owners, people that you think need to hear this content. 
I appreciate you listening to this episode and looking forward to next week. Take care.